Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Sunel Shilar on the call. Sunel, I really appreciate your time. And Sunel is the co-owner of Kova Capital, and you can find them at kovacapital.com. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But he specializes in multifamily, and they do have a syndication that they, they've started here now as they're reviewing a property in Texas. So you might want to take them up on that and take a look at what they're offering. But uh, Sunel, I really appreciate your time here today. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. So you've had kind of a long history here. You have 18 years of experience in construction and you, you're you with Exit Realty. And so you have a kind of a unique as, approach or, or a position to see both sides of things. You got a foot in real, real being a realtor as well as a real estate investor. Correct. It's actually 21 years that I'm doing this right now. They need to update uh, your sheet. 21 years. Love doing what I'm doing. I've been an investor first before realtor. So I've been buying, rehabbing, flipping for quite a while. Like everybody else, you want to scale your business. There's only so much time. There's only so much you, your team could do. So what I've focused on for the last two years now is I've gotten into the multifamily space. And some of my partners slash sponsors they themselves have done a couple of thousand units or own a couple of thousand units. So we basically syndicate throughout here. Everything that we do obviously is SEC compliant and take these properties down. Last one that I worked on was something in a Pasadena. It was a $16.5 million deal, 200 plus doors. So it was a great opportunity, great learning experience. And like you said, we are working on something in Texas again right now. Yes, working it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So you you started off as being an investor and went to being a realtor. What what caused you to make that change? I, I've bought, as far as let's call them single families, I've bought over two, personally over two hundred at this point in time. So that's a lot of commissions to give to someone else. Mm-hmm. So why why not keep it in house? Why not put it in my own pocket? And just a funny little story, not to get off course. Last, maybe two months, I started buying properties in Pennsylvania. I own properties, a few pieces throughout the country as we speak right now. And I started buying and I bought a few in Pennsylvania. And the realtor that I'm dealing with, just a weak realtor, knowledge-wise and everything else that goes with it, as far as working for me uh, or working with me. And I decided, you know what, I'm I'm buying a lot because I'm getting good prices and I'm flipping them. So I'm getting my peers license, Pennsylvania's license as well. Why give money up? Mm. Yeah. Do, do you find that, you know, at any time that the realtor part of your business interferes with your investor part of your business? Once you disclose who you are, you have no problems. Disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. That's yeah. It was very important here. 
So, you know, with, with that, you know, a lot of people we've been talking, I've had a, a few guests on recently where we're we talking about scaling and, and, and what you need to do to build a team and everything else with you having both things going on. Are, have you found ways in which to scale both sides of your business? Excuse me. Yes. I do have a team in place as we, my business partner from the capital, he actually has a M&A background. So when it comes to underwriting these type deals, you will do this and we have that. We obviously have a SEC council that works with us. Likewise, in any state, which we have, we seems to, to like Texas, there's a lot going on there. We do have attorneys in Texas that we work with as well. We have boots on the ground. Part of the team, she owns, she owns company. She's a property manager. She herself owns over 5,500 units. So we have teamed up with her. She's part of our GP team as well, and just makes things. So mm-hmm. we are pretty much well-rounded as far as the team goes, and everyone knows their own specific roles. So we basically got it done. When it comes to multifamily investing, it's definitely a team sport. Sure. So you know, with with all of that, you, you've been you've talked about investing in single-family homes, and you've you've done about two hundred of them yourself. And it sounds like now with with your uh, COVA Capital, you're doing multifamily. How has that transition been? And and are you pretty much focused on the multifamily now, or are you still doing some of the single family? Right now, I have five rehabs as we speak going on. I am focused on multifamily. I wish there were more than twenty four hours in a day, but I'm busy to say the least. But I'm I'm definitely focused on the multifamily. Yeah, I'm a shark smelling blood. When there's a deal in front of you and there's money to be made, when there's a multifamily or whether it's single family, don't discriminate against green. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, just curious because, you know, one of those things, especially when, and maybe you, maybe you disagree with this, is since you've been involved in this now for 21 years, when you first start in real estate investing, it seems like it's best to focus on one, maybe two strategies. Make sure you have that dialed in before you dive too deep into being all everywhere at once. One of the things that seems to work for me, it could be a positive or negative. I, I tend to micromanage. And we all know how <laughs> that goes, but I'm that type first. I've been managing my own properties and it's a lot of properties that I manage and I've done that well over the course of time. Obviously, you know, with the multi families, we will never self-manage those properties. <laughs> our jobs is basically to manage our managers. So at this point, at this stage in my life, I I have the ability to on the smaller side to send my contractors out here, get whatever we need to do, get it done. So it does require some attention. <clears throat> However, I'm more so Focus on the multifamily where I have in-house staff of hired virtual assistants to basically get that part done, get the back office work done. So that's moving along right now, and it's it's okay. Sure. Again, what it, it's a lot of work to say, to say the least. It is a lot. It is very time intensive. But you know what? What what's easy out here? I keep on playing the lottery and I miss it by six digits all the time. So that <laughs> away. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the way it's been going for me too. So, 
you know, you, you've mentioned now a couple of times, you, you self-manage these single family homes yourself. Are there tools or strategies that you've been using because you're a one-man band or do you have help there with managing those properties? It's, it's really easy. And I'll, I'll tell you why. When I pick up a property, you know, I'm the guy that just goes in there and I rehab the property. And so there's no issues. Obviously, things break, right? Mechanical stuff breaks. So what I've done, and I've done this successfully, is through time, is if you were my tenant and you called me and said, you know, X, Y, Z is wrong, there's a problem, I have my contractors go out there immediately and fix it. If you were to call me a second time for the same reason, shame on me. I'm just that type of guy. I, I get things done because I have a lot going on. So to offset prop future problems, I take it off the entire house and make sure everything's up to snuff. So whatever breaks or whatever goes wrong in the future, it's minor stuff that it's easy to attend to. Sure. Sure. So do you use any kind of tools? You know, like a lot of people will use anything from apartments.com to rent ready to, you know, there's a variety of online tools for that. Is is there any tools that you've found that work for you? Well, we use Buildium and we use rent ready. So yes. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. You can't really put it on a spreadsheet or in a book. Yeah. So, you know, I'd, I'd always like to hear, like, how did you originally find real estate investing as a, an investment channel for you? How did I find real estate? I'll, I'll tell you a quick story how I got into real estate. In my early years, when I first started, I actually had my Series 7 license. I, I came from a major brokerage house here in New Jersey, on the city. I was actually an assistant vice president window. Now, when I was taking my Series 7 license, God alone knows why I took my real estate license. I passed my Series 7 license and I failed my brokerage license, real estate brokerage license, broker's license. And I've never failed at anything in my life, never. And that was the one thing that haunted me. Whether I used, used it or not, I, I never went back and I took the test. I never, I never did anything. So I went back to the test. And obviously I, I passed it and uh, a couple of friends of mine, they were basically, they were buying real estate and I just followed them and I am today. Yeah. And one, one, one more quick thing to add, Anthony Robbins, he was actually in town while I was working at this major brokerage house, financial industry. And I went to one of his events, <clears throat> the very first, I'm basically a young kid, the very first night, not the one. What's going to happen? I walked on fire, bare feet. And that basically changed my life because you know what? If you can walk on fire, bare feet, and he has no problems, it's all mental. So if you could do that, you could do anything in the world. So I went back to my office the following week, and a few weeks later, I gave them my resignation. Like wow. Six figures and walked away. That had to have been quite the life. You mentioned it was a life-changing event, but that, that is significant that it was so life-changing that it, that it forced you to take that level of action. Correct. You know, what, one thing I've seen in my space when it comes to investing or multifamily, it's really a mindset. You need to be strong will, strong mind, self-driven. You know, what's playing in your mind? You know, what books are you reading? Where are you? Who are you talking to? Who do you associate with? 
those are the things that's going to either make you successful or not. Because it's really a very fine line of who you associate with. So one of the things that I've also done is when the pandemic, I went out there with my community, as far as all the businesses in my community and started advertising and promoting their businesses for free, just as a paid, paid forward to businesses. And I'm actually rolling out a new initiative right now where, you know, I guess we're still in COVID, doing the same helping businesses for free, advertising them. So I love giving back. I love the fact that, you know, over the course of all these years, I've stuck to what I've done. And listen, like that, like we all have paid a price when we first start a new venture. And I've been there. I've lost money. I've got the hardships that comes along with it. But you learn like anything else. So you, you got to put in your time. And I think 21 years I've put in this a lot of time and I've done tremendously well for myself because I still continue to buy today. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talked about getting burnt and, 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 and a few other things there. Your, your sheet mentions failing forward. Is that part of that? What you're just, what you just described there? It's part of it. One of the things that, that, I need to achieve is greater success. And I'm, I'm successful. The only way that success happens is learning through failures, at least for me. So one of the things that I want to do or I need to do faster is fail faster forward. Because the faster I, I do things, the faster I fail is the greater growth that's going to happen. And again, it have happened. And I, I just, at this point, I got to do it a lot faster because I'm seeing tremendous growth in everything that I do right now. And I'm working harder now to be a lot more successful or to get to the frontier that I'm looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're not failing a little bit here and there, that my, my, we were talking about it as a family recently, you know, we were talking about how trees, they grow on the banks of a river and it, and it isn't until, and you see the trees falling into the river all the time because their, their roots are shallow. They haven't had to work for anything. You know, they haven't had to work for their nutrients or water. So those trees have shallow roots and then they tip over and they fall into the river. It, it, it takes sometimes those adversities and failure and, and drought for the roots to grow deep and, and help your tree to grow strong. Absolutely. You know, one of my past deals that we worked on raising money for died. There were a couple of reasons why on the seller side and on our side, part of it were raising funds. So that failure actually was a blessing in disguise. Why? Because it just forced us to realize what we could have done or should have done differently, which we have employed obviously now doing things differently. So which one of the things we are doing is that hundred million dollar fund that we create. So like failure, there's opportunity and growth to learn from it. So absolutely. So I don't mind failing. <laughs> Once you learn from it and you get up, wash your, brush yourself off, do it all over again. Learn from it, however. So you you were talking, you touched on mindset there for a bit, and you've you've also you've touched on single family homes, and it sounds like some pretty sizable multifamily. 
you know, multifamily is in most regards, especially when we get into real estate investing for the first time, it's it's pretty much aspirational. You know, we, we start off with the single family homes and work our way up. Now that you've done both, is would you say that's also a mindset thing that that people could possibly or probably should consider jumping into multifamily sooner than they than they do? It's 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 hard to answer that question. And the reason why, at least in my eyes, is where where are you in your headspace? You know, when problems come, because problems will come, that's just the normal part of the course of life with what with respect to what we do, how do you address it? What do you do? Are you just gonna tear by that point? How strong are you to, to fight through it? If you could do it on the on the single family side of things, then really the multifamily should not be a problem. Again, it's it's really apples and oranges, so you can't compare the same. Again, it's it's all mindset. Depends on that strength. Sure. Well, let's let's talk about your investments a little bit. You mentioned Texas and Pennsylvania here. Is is that in your New Jersey? Like, do you typically stick to certain regions? How do you find and maximize some of these investments? I got stuff in Florida. I got stuff in Jersey. I got stuff in PA. I have stuff plenty places. So there, there are properties, obviously, on the multifamily side. Like I said, we do not self-manage. So we have professional managers who manage all those type properties. These properties that's close to me, where I live, it's not far to drive it if I have to, so I'll do so. It's just, again, so when you scale in, now, would I buy two family in Missouri for 20000 No, because it does not make sense to do that. Numbers-wise, I could probably sell it, but, you know, again, where do you focus Focus your focus. Where are you? If I'm buying a 200 unit in that location, then obviously it makes sense if the numbers work. And I'll, so that's another thing that you know everyone needs to look at. Who's going to manage it? And that's because the smaller, the smaller the number of units, the more expensive it is to manage. And the the flip side of it, the larger or the greater the doors. The easier is it to get a bank loan on the property. It's easier to put debt on those type properties. Hmm. So, you know, you, you mentioned this a couple of times now that you became a realtor in, in essence to save your commission fees, but yet you hire out your property managers on these multifamilies. Like, do you, do you find that at, at a certain point you, you might bring in your property management? Down the road. Down the road, we may consider it. It's just at this point, we are buying, and we are buying a lot. At this point in my life, also I have brokers throughout the country who would call me and send me deals to take a look at. So there's no shortage of deals or deal flow. It's just a matter of, at this point in time, working the deal, underwriting the deal, making sure it makes sense, making sure there's enough industry around to support the rentals. On our team, we also have, have a demographer. So we definitely know where the uh, where there's money to be made, where there's progress, and we go that route. And as far as bringing that team in-house, maybe down the road, not right now. Sure. 
No, it makes sense, especially when you want to focus on things. You know, what we focus on is what grows, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to get out there and get the deal and have someone else. Uh, you know, as far as paying target manage, yeah, still money being made. We're still making a bolt full of money. Right. Okay. So as as you're moving across the country then in different different areas, how has it been and and what kind of advice would you get in selecting a property manager to make sure that your interests are aligned? One step we are using, like I said, she herself owns over fifty five hundred units in a couple of different states. So it's it's easy for her to manage all those properties. So we sort of tend to stay around there. If we aren't where she managed, we also have other great property managers who will manage those properties. Next week, here's another one that I'm working on in Mississippi. So 200 unit, burnt out, 200 unit, and we should be able to pick that up for about half a million dollars. So that's another opportunity that we are going to take a look at. So ask me that question. It's going to be a lot of flying, a lot of flight, a lot of miles. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm all over the country every couple of weeks. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty big project. It is. That's a heavy lift. Yeah. That'd be we actually have the university who's going to lease at least 100 units from us once that's done. Sure. Well, that makes, that, that's, that's kind of neat that you've, you've taken some steps to secure some of that or, or have that type of direction before you start such a big project. Again, there's a lot of due diligence that must take place before we jump into anything. Having the money comes with a lot of a lot of pressures to make sure it's deployed correctly. So we need to do the right thing at the end of the day. Sure. Well, you said you know you talked about failing forward and learning from those those mistakes. Can you give us an example of of one of your bigger mistakes and what lesson you learned from it? Some of the mistakes would be. Hiring the wrong contractor. That's a big one. Hiring the wrong um, contractor. Yeah. And we, we have heard horror stories time after time. So we are very cautious at this point. What, what else could I tell you? Just in the beginning, doing things, you, you unsure a lot of times exactly what you do or how to get it accomplished. You do need a mentor. You need someone who has done it before you, someone to guide you. That's very important. If anything in this business, someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So definitely have that in place at this point in time. As one of the other guys on the team, he is a licensed plumber and he has been a contractor also for quite a while. So with his knowledge as well, and my background as well, doing, you know, all of these construction rehabs that I've done, it really isn't too hard figuring stuff out. But you don't know what you don't know until you walk through those doors. Or walk on that fire. Yes. <laughs> that was so, a life change. Yeah, that's, that's you know, you, you've, you've mentioned that now. That's, that was life changing. And then you, you talk about, you've just mentioned, you know, finding a mentor or maybe some help or coach. Was that a mindset shift for you as well to determine that you needed that type of help? I think in life itself, if you want to get better, and you can look at it from a sport perspective, if you want to get better, you need to be coached. If you're in the gym and you have someone pushing you to do more reps than you possibly will do on your own. So it's one of those same type 
mindset thing where, you know what, if you have someone to guide you, listen, one of the things you do not want to do in real estate or as an investor is step on a financial land and cripple you. You don't want to make those mistakes. So you learn from others who have been there before you. We all do stupid stuff, right? We all make mistakes here and there. But if you have someone guiding you and you decide to do something outside of what they're doing, then you know what? Shame on you. You mm-hmm. take that responsibility on yourself. So absolutely, as far as someone, a mentor, I think it's necessary. Yeah. You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, and I, I, I seem this must be top of mind for me lately because I've, I've brought this up a couple of times over the past couple episodes is that I, I've seen this meme that's kind of been etched into my brain a little lately where it's like $1,000 for the new iPhone, no problem. $1,000 for mentorship, that's too expensive. You know, it's it's one of those those memes that have been going around, but that's actually quite true. You know, we'll, we'll happily spend eight hours of our time consuming the latest Netflix episode, but we won't spend eight hours going through training to learn how this all works. And that would by itself would just weed out people who should not be in this business. Because if you cannot or aren't willing to get trained or if a thousand dollars, exactly what you just said, either buy a phone or you get trained and, and the, to get trained is too much, you shouldn't be in this business. Then and simple. Yeah. And that's, that's, that is the sad truth around that. And I think a, a lot of people make that choice. Yeah. It's sad. It really is. Because one of the things that you want to do as an investor or as an owner is you want to, you, you want to raise the, the property value on your building. You want to you know, make your tenants happy. Number one should be annotated in what do I do as an investor? Where am I? Simple little things like that, because at some point in time, you want to sell your property as well, which means you want to sell for, for profit. So what, what do you do to do so? You know, one of the things that we do, obviously, like everyone else within this space, you go in there, you rehab the, the property, you do either a facelift, you do your renovations, landscaping, changing hardware on your know, kitchen cabinets or changing your kitchen cabinets if you have to. You need to do all of that. If you get into this business, you need to know how to underwrite properties. And if you're unwilling to, as a person, to learn that, getting back to that thousand dollars, let's say for your phone or educate yourself. Yeah, you're really going with all of this. You know, you have asset management. If you know nothing and you are unwilling to learn, like I said, this isn't the business for you. Definitely you got to motivate yourself, number one. And you got to spend hours and hours just training yourself, teaching yourself. If you want change to happen, then you need to change. You expect everything else, it's not going to happen. Yep. Yep. No, I can't say it better. And really appreciate your time. This was a great conversation. Again, I want to point everybody to your website, kovacapital.com. Check out and see what he and his team are working on here. There's there's quite a bit of information there on how you could maybe get involved. But before I let you go, is there a question or a concept you wished I would have covered here today? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. 
I appreciate being on. Yeah, I appreciate you being on. It was a great conversation. I hope you consider coming back again sometime. Absolutely. I'd love you to have me back. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.